0: Welcome into the Two Test World Podcast. Tom Hackett, Steve Bartle with you guys as always. Um, we got we got a, we got some fun stuff to talk about. Stuff that I'm sure we'll talk about over the course of the off season, but. Schedules uh, on a number of different fronts. We've got we, we've got uh, Spring Ball was just released. So uh, we've got a Spring Ball schedule all of a sudden. And then, of course, we've got uh, the Utah football schedule that came out a couple of weeks ago now that we'll dive into. And uh, like I said earlier, I'm sure it won't be the first time. Hey, follow Steve on Twitter, would you? Come on, don't be silly. At <laughs> 247, you can follow myself at Tom Can't UteZone.com is where Steve works. I'm obviously uh, at KSL Sports. And we'd love for you guys to check out those websites as well. Nateweight Subaru is our sponsor. Nateweight Subaru twelve oh seven South Main Street, Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, com. They've like transitioned their website to where you actually don't need to go into the dealership if you're not comfortable doing that. I know that the coronavirus coronavirus cases are dwindling here in the state, which is magnificent. But if you're still kind of on edge and would rather take the precautionary route, take the website, then go to netway.com dot com, and um, you'll be able to get everything you need. Uh, Steve, did you watch Tony Fee nope. now this
1: morning? I missed Tony Fee now, but I'm watching the uh, watching the Players Championship right now, and yeah, it's uh, it's as tough as uh, as it can get. So I feel bad for Tony, man. That was a that was a rough start.
0: Ooh, is it
1: ever? Uh,
0: for those curious, this is. Thursday, March eleventh, it's a podcast which lives forever. So we apologize if you listen to this after the fact. Tony Fina did not do well. Uh he teed off early till it was like five thirty. He doubled yeah. the first. He started with a double bogey on one and made the turn, I think he was like six over par he got to eight over par at one point and then crawled yeah. his way back to six over, but he's Long shot off the leaders. He'll be lucky to make the cut. He needs a big day tomorrow. So that always sucks. I'm playing Valley View this weekend, Steve.
1: Really? Oh, yeah. Valley View is a great course. I'm, I assume you've been up there before.
0: You know, I've only been up there once, but uh, oh man. Love so it. I've had this thought for some time. I, I've never known how to like verbalize it or publicize it. Maybe is the better better word to use. But when I play the game of golf. I I prefer to walk.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's uh that's gonna be tough to do at, at Valley View. Are you going eighteen? We're walking eighteen. Ooh, well, uh bring lots of water. <laughs> um yeah, man, you you're gonna have some, some hikes on that course. Uh you'll have some slopes going down of of course as well, but that's uh that's a fun track, man. Like it's, they, they got it nestled in there real, uh, real tight. And, uh, it's, it's a fun course.
0: And I want to start like, uh, not necessarily a blog, but like a page. I don't know. I want to like start to try and promote walking and golf more than it is because everybody yeah. takes the cart and I get it. I'm a fan of the cart. Trust me. I love it. I sit there and we drive around and we drink our drinks and we eat our food and life is good. There's no sweating, but. You don't get like a good sense of the layout when you when you walk when you drive, and it's uh, I don't know. And, and you know what, Steve? Uh, you're different than most because you sign up for that. What do you have? You have a card.
1: Yeah, I've got the uh, SLC Birdie Pass.
0: You've got the SLC so. Birdie Pass, but I don't. Most people, I don't think, have that. And nowadays, since the pandemic, cards are going at like eighteen bucks. Yeah, man. They're, you know?
1: Pricey. Yeah, man.
0: So just to go down to bloody Rose Park National, you're looking at like $47 around or something. That's on un- I love Rose Park National, don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> come on. I can't be paying that sort of coin. I got a kid now. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> uh, it's fun. Do you do you ever walk just out of curiosity?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll walk. I only I usually only do that when I do nine holes. I've got just cuz I'm a big guy, you know. I'm I'm I've got a lot of claim
0: to be. Come. On.
1: <laughs> I uh, I'm I'm very uh but yeah, I've got I've got a bad ankle and so like if I walk for a long yeah. period of time or I run it just gives out on me and so I I uh, I try to keep it short, but I do walk Yeah. From time to time.
0: (laughs) Uh, Another question just out of curiosity, completely off subject. Have you ever asked a question to a player or a coach and they've been offended by the question?
1: Ooh. I mean, I'm sure that I have because I'm an idiot and don't think things through before I ask things. So uh, I'm sure it's happened.
0: (laughs) Did it so it, it doesn't happen often, but it happens, right? And it just barely oh, yeah. happened to me. I was um I was just doing RSL availabilities, the, the soccer side of things that I that I like to cover. And I asked a question to a player and he did not appreciate it. So like a lot of the time when I ask questions in soccer, I'm comfortable enough to be like, uh, I'll like give my and maybe this is like frowned upon. I don't even really know, but I'll like give my kind of give my opinion before I ask the question, but try and shorten it so that I'm not going on a spiel and I can get to the question pretty quick, but like preface the question with like a, just like a pretty simple analogy type thing. Right. And I did that and he was, he didn't like it, he did not appreciate it. (laughs) Let me tell you, they did not appreciate it. So uh, I just thought I'd ask because I, and then, and then, like whether you like it or not, you, your heart starts pumping a bit. Like, oh, oh, damn! I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, age. yeah. But oh, well, I mean,
1: <laughs> whatever. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> schedules, schedules, man. Let's talk it. Let's but, talk schedules. Well,
0: Let's start with spring ball, shall we? So, what you got? Yeah. Uh, starts next Monday.
1: Yeah, starts Monday the fifteenth. So. Uh, kind of crazy we didn't hear anything for a long time and then they just uh, they sprung this on us when did they send this out on Wednesday yesterday so um, and you know for for those like us we we kind of heard that they were aiming for a mid-March uh, beginning to spring camp but uh, kind of surprising it took them this long to get something official out but yeah it'll, it'll start March fifteenth, and then they've got the uh, the red and white game on April <clears throat> what, April seventeenth? Yep, April seventeenth. So, so yeah, man, get in and out in about a month and you're Utah's good, man.
0: I um I hate this time of year as a player. I hated this time of year as a player.
1: Yeah, I'm curious because um for for you guys for for the players that have have gone through spring ball like how different is this you know compared to a fall camp where you've got a season that you're preparing for there's I'm sure there's some you know some given motivation there but what's like how is it going through spring ball compared to the rest of the year
0: it depend it depends on the the, the position you're in as a player so like my, obviously my first spring ball was really exciting because I was fighting for for the job and I was eager and I was like you know i was I was acting as if I was already in season, yeah uh, but as my career progressed and and as I got older and matured and beca- became a better player and had more respect amongst the playing group and the coaching staff, it's it but be- you, you put less of an emphasis on it um, sure. and and what will it, often happen Steve is a lot of the best players, and I'm sure many people know this already, they just wrap yeah. them up in in cotton wool. and and they kind of sit on the side
1: yeah and that's I was just about to to make that point is you know typically as you get uh, older you know and you've got two three four years under your belt is how you know just how valuable is is spring ball you know and a lot of these guys are are sitting out and just kind of protecting themselves
0: yeah and and that of course depends on the position you play like Like Jalen Johnson, for example, when he was around, I'm sure he participated in spring ball, but Zach Moss was, wasn't really all that big of a participant because you, he takes hits. Jalen Johnson can evade hits for the most part, you know, they can, coaches can tell him, Hey, don't, don't tackle, just touch, you know, throughout spring ball, no need to tackle, but you can't really just tag a running back every time. You don't really get a good sense as to how the defense is tackling and whatnot. So uh, it's anyway, it's, I hate it because the winter conditioning by far the worst winter conditioning Steve is is the pits dude yeah it is the yeah. worst thing to ever exist because it's pointless the oh, well actually, it's not point it's 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 around to get the guys in shape for spring right that's its that's its only purpose but it's grueling and it's cold and it's miserable. And it's like, you're so far from the season yet. You're required to show up and do like crazy amounts of, and the workouts in winter are harder than they are in summer, dude.
1: Sure. Sure. I was just going to ask, like, what do your workouts typically include during the winter? Uh, Like they always, they post videos and we get clips and stuff, but I'm curious, like, how long are those workouts? And like, what are you guys doing in that?
0: So like, it's not necessarily that the time, the length of a workout changes from winter to summer. It's just what, what occurs in the workout that I find hard. So, a lot of like sled work takes place in the winter time from memory. And, and you need to like, understand, I'm sure the workouts have changed since I was, was last there. They've got Ernie uh, the wild scientist, Ernie, who's kind of conducting all of the drills and, He's putting his wisdom to work, and then Coach E is obviously yeah. a big part of uh, of all of that as well. But yeah, goodness gracious! And so, like, you go through all the pain and agony of, of winter conditioning, and then you get into spring ball, and you're bound to have one or two players suffer a season-ending injury. I feel like that uh, happens. I feel like that happens every year, does it?
1: Yeah, I think there's there's been injuries in spring ball, and it's an unfortunate result of just the game and and what you're doing um I'm trying to think of the last the last time we there was a big injury because we didn't didn't have one last year right uh, just because we didn't have spring camp at all yeah. <laughs> but uh before that i I can't recall the last time there there was a, a big injury but I mean you go back gosh what was the I'm sure that there was one during during your time there that was pretty brutal i mean i saw
0: a lot of injuries so they all kind of mesh together now but
1: and that's brutal it's it's a difficult part of of college football utah football in particular just because i'm sure that these workouts are are very very difficult and um it's it's just you know it's a tough part of the game and and, you know, now that you've been through it, like, <laughs> you're, you're a better man because of it, Tom. I don't know if that's the case. I think <laughs> I'm angrier.
0: I think I'm grumpier. <laughs> Here's, if I was a head coach, if I was a head coach, I would really consider um, conducting spring ball in this manner. I, I would get certain players, upperclassmen predominantly, and, and put them on their own field with assistant coaches to go through drills that are very i guess light and like the, the 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 chances of injury are very slim and then i would get the younger group the freshmen the sophomores even some juniors if they yet to see much of the field and and even some seniors if they haven't seen any of the field yet as well and i would let them at it man like it's all like because spring ball is such a great opportunity for players right. that are yet to prove their worth, to prove themselves. Right. It's a fantastic time. You know, you've got all the eyes of the coaching staff on you. you you've you've you Finally, it's like, because come the season, a lot of those kids that don't see the field, they're just on scout team. Sure. You know, and, yeah. and it's like co- the coaching staff don't really get a good glimpse of what you're all about on scout team you're trying to replicate the 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 upcoming opposition and so springball is their time to shine and i wish i wish that they would get more of an opportunity they they still get an opportunity but the first the first team and the second team they get a lot of reps too and i i just am like uh i mean like maybe it should vary year to year if you have a new quarterback like like Utah may do this year with, with Charlie broome maybe you don't you don't do it that way. But but if you've got good leadership at the quarterback in some of the key positions, then I wish the younger the younger guys would get after it a bit more than they do.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we saw that two years ago when Utah was very um, upperclassmen heavy, you know, on both sides of the ball. Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss, Julian Blackman, Terrell Burgess. Like, I remember those guys participating in practices. But, you know, as we got closer to the red and white game, a lot of those guys were just sitting out and, and they didn't even participate in, in the spring game. And so I do think that there's a lot of validity to that. You want obviously you want to protect your your best players, um, but you also want to protect your your upperclassmen just because, you know, they've been through it. They've <laughs> they've gone through this for for a few years now. And, uh, and a lot of those upperclassmen are, are utilized as depth. So uh, it's going to be interesting, particularly at the quarterback position, I think with, you know, um, without Cameron rising this spring, obviously, as, as coach Whittingham has talked about, uh, but you got Brewer, the senior four-year starter, and then you've got three really promising freshmen really with Jaquinda Jackson uh, coming here from Texas. You've got Peter Costelli, Coming in as the highly touted four-star guy, and then you've got you've also got the redshirt freshman in in, uh, in Cooper Justice, who Utah is is really really high on. A lot of them, you know, people that I've talked to consider him uh, in the same mold of Travis uh, Travis Wilson. So you know, he's got some ability there. He's just really raw. Um, and how they kind of divvy up those reps between those guys, uh, you know, in in regards to what we've been talking about, uh, is going to be really interesting. I think. With with Charlie Brewer, there's a need to get him a good chunk of reps. But I also think you want to see what Costelli and Jackson bring to the table, just because they are those uh, those big time talents. So, you know, will will uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they divvy up reps for for the entire roster, just considering it is very freshman heavy. Um, if you look at the the roster, uh, but particularly at that quarterback position, because. Obviously, that's priority number one. You got to figure out what you got there. So, uh, really, really interested in, in that this spring.
0: I'm sure the coaching staff have a pretty good idea of of like what to expect, but I right. bet every now and again they they get surprised. And I think that's also something that's worth worth noting is like Peter Castelli deserves when you start when spring Bull starts. I I hope that, that Peter Castelli. Um, and all the quarterbacks, for that matter, get as many reps Charlie Brewer does. And I don't think it's fair on anybody to be put on a pedestal without having a, without without having thrown a football yet. You know what I mean? And then and then look, spring ball goes for four to six weeks. I mean, it's a decent stretch. It, it may be um, not as long this year due to the pandemic. But Freddie, I'm I'm on a podcast. Um, but but nobody Freddie, come on. Uh, can you hear him? <laughs> yeah, freaking uh, Freddie. Uh he's start he's starting to figure out his voice. Give me one second. I'm gonna quickly mute myself and
1: so I just uh
0: shouted at my wife to uh to figure this uh, this out. What I'm getting at is you've got plenty of time to figure out who the best players are at every position group, and I think you know when when there is question marks, you gotta you gotta start at a level playing field and and Utah does a pretty good job with that. So um, another position group, Steve, that I'd love to hear your thoughts on because I'm I'm going to follow them closely is uh, the offensive line. I thought they ended last year on a, on a high, you know, as opposed to the year before where they ended the year on a low with the with the loss to Oregon and then of course the the loss to Texas. They were dreadful in both those fixtures uh, or matchups. And um, last year they they ended on a high, but they started slow, and so they right. you know, they've got to find consistency throughout the entire year, which. Is something they've battled over the last few seasons. What are you, what are you looking at there?
1: I think the big thing for for that group is continuing to grow continuity. I think that's kind of the big key. Is um, you've got some dudes on that offensive line that have the size, the strength, the athleticism to be really, really good players. Uh, you know, you've got some talented young guys in Jaron Kump and Satao Laumea on that right side. And their progress is going to be key. And I think you know, Nick Ford moving inside to center is fascinating because not only did he play well, uh, but you've got Orlando Umana, you know, still on the roster, and and that's the the position that he manned. And so I'm fascinated to see what happens, you know, as they get reps and get deep into this thing. You know, what's gonna happen at that position specifically. Um I, I think Nick Ford, well, I, you know, he – I think – I understand the reasoning betw- between – I understand the reasoning for trying him out at left tackle. You know, he's good athlete. He's a guy that you trust. Um, and you try him out at left tackle. It, obviously, it didn't work. Orlando Mana goes down with his injury – And he moves inside and and really shines. And I I thought that that was, you know, a lot of people that we've talked to have considered center and the interior, obviously his, his, where he's best suited. And I thought he showed really, really well in, in that, uh, in that position. So, um, you know, I think finding, obviously I think we have a good idea of the top six and top seven offensive linemen, um, you know, you've got the five of Simi, uh, Braden, uh, Nick, Satoa, Jaron. And then you've got Orlando. You've got Keaton Bills in that mix. You've got Johnny Maya still on the roster who, who did some nice things the previous year. So um, you know, it's going to be fascinating to sort this all out. Um, but I think the big thing is getting that top six, top seven uh, group, uh, a lot of reps together and, and building that continuity.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, uh, Bam Olaseni. He's a name I'm going to be because yeah, he's such a he was such a big recruit and he had so many yeah. offers. And I know that doesn't always um, that doesn't always carry over to to actually playing and getting minutes, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he's so big and. He seems to be, anyway, I'm excited. Look, we're not going to go through every position group on this episode because we'll do that over the course of spring ball. We've we've touched on the quarterback and the offensive line, but just to think about all the other position groups out there and the conversations that, that, are, that are going to come. I mean, it's awesome. You've got the running back group mm-hmm. after the tragic passing of Ty Jordan. Massive question mark there with a few transfers. Uh, the wide receivers have lost a ton of talent, and so now – that group's and we touched on this a lot in the previous episode has shrunk and now you know more question marks can Money Parks be more of a playmaker for the team in 2021 and then defensively I think you know with the departure of Nate Ritchie there's a there's an opening there at the safety position uh, Clark Phillips the third ended his season with pick six where does he go from there defensive line's always fun because they're always bruising and of course Devin Lloyd's at the linebacker spot and you're bringing in. You're bringing in as good of a linebacking class as you've ever brought in. So what are they going to showcase in spring and in summer and fall camp prior to this? I mean, there's just conversations are plenty to be had. And we're not going to get to them all today, which is unfortunate. But if we were, we'd be here for hours upon hours. And you guys, I'm sure, would rather us break it up. So (laughs) let's move forward, Steve, and get to the season. Because that is a fascinating conversation in its own right. Um, I'm going to go through the schedule. I'll be quick. And then I want – I guess I, I want to hear your thoughts as to – and you've written pieces about this on UteZone.com. So if you want to read and and, and hear more about the season and everything else, UteZone.com is where you can go. But they open the season Thursday, September 2nd at home against the Weber State Wildcats. They go on the road a week later to BYU. They, uh, they go on the road again – to play San Diego, uh, San Diego State down there down there at Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California. Their first Pac-12 fixture is on the September 25th. It's a home game against the Cougars, Washington State Cougars. The only bye week is then. At USC, Arizona State at home, at Oregon State, UCLA at home, at Stanford, at Arizona, at home against Oregon. And they round the season out at home against Colorado. Your first thoughts and impressions, Steve?
1: Well, pretty favorable schedule overall. I mean, when you whenever you, you start with five home games and four road games and conference play, that's that's obviously uh, pretty pretty favorable. So um from that um, from that standpoint, you look at the out-of-conference schedule, nothing too daunting. Obviously, BYU, at BYU, is kind of the, the headliner. It is the headliner there. Um, obviously, BYU has lost a lot of production. They've done a good job of recruiting, and particularly with, you know, the Nakua brothers going there, it'll be interesting to see their impact on the offense, but they've still got some some guys on that roster. Tyler Algier is the running back there, and, um and, and then they've still got Gunnar Romney, who's a, a productive receiver. So they've got some pieces, but they're reload, reloading across the board. Uh, but that'll be a tough test. And then San Diego State is is an interesting team. They're very similar to Utah in terms of how they operate. They're run heavy, a good defensive team, uh, and they've they've competed really well against the Pac-12. Uh, I know that they knocked they've knocked off. I think. Stanford before I think a couple times even um and so they've uh they've uh, they'll be a tough test but getting into conference play I love the fact that they open up with Washington State just to kind of get adjusted to to these pass heavy offenses that Utah is going to see this season you start off with with Washington State uh you get the bye week and then obviously traveling to USC uh, with that additional time in your pocket and time to prepare, uh, USC has to replace a lot. They still have a ton of talent on the team. Drake Jackson, that edge defender, is is going to be a tough test for the offensive line. And then you've got Drake Drake London, the big time, big slot receiver, dual sport guy at USC. And uh, and then obviously the headliner there is Keaton Slovis, the quarterback. But you know to have that buy. Uh, the week before the USC game is huge because not only does that allow this team to prepare for that game, it also allows them to to prepare for this this two week stretch that they'll have going at USC and then coming back to ASU. Those are arguably the most important games on the schedule this year. Uh, if Utah wants to compete in the Pac-12 championship game, this is you know this is largely going to determine kind of the pecking order in the Pac-12 South. Uh, this this two week stretch for Utah, so uh, you got to come prepared. And I, I think uh, you have to like how the schedule sets up early with those first three games and the bye week, uh, squish between uh, squish uh, in between that Washington State and USC game, um, you know. And then you look at the rest of the schedule; nothing too daunting. Uh, you've got Oregon coming to Salt Lake City in late November. That'll be a fantastic matchup um it'll be fun to see the the impact of uh, you know Oregon coming to Salt Lake City uh, when it's a bit colder uh fans have always wanted to get you know the the tough games the 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 big games Oregon USC they've always wanted to get those games at home late in the season when it's cold um and uh, it'll be interesting to see the impact that that game the, the weather just the the just the atmosphere in general uh what that will have uh what kind of impact that will have on that on that game so um overall when you look at the schedule there's not a lot of things to gripe about it's pretty favorable pretty doable pretty manageable and uh you know utah uh, has a great opportunity to um do to to do really well uh with this 2021 season
0: without a doubt um I I agree wholeheartedly with just about everything you said. You seem to be under the impression that a bye week prior to USC is a good thing. Steve, is that fair for me to assume?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you would love to have the bye week a little, maybe a week or two later in the year. Um, It's kind of tough after the fourth game of the season, but uh, I think... If if you had to pick, I think coaches would would want to have that additional week before USC than any other game on the schedule.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I don't I don't know if I don't have a strong opinion either way. To be honest, I mean, I just I don't know if a bye week helps or if it doesn't help. I sure. think it depends yeah. on the players and how they respond. Because sometimes what happens, or at least what comes across, is teams will have a bye week and. And they just don't look like they have the same energy as they did prior to the bye week. It's almost like they've they've slowed down a bit. They've lost their momentum and, and whatnot. So hopefully that doesn't happen to Utah. I, I vaguely remember, and this is just off the top of my head, so, so please forgive me. It's a quick Google search that I could do, but I'm lazy, so I won't. I think it was 2015, my senior year. We had a bye week before USC. And that was back when we were number two in the country. And Vegas had us uh, as the underdog, and I was thinking to myself, "Boy, you know we got a bye week, so we're going to get healthy again, and we've got USC on the road. Um, this is the time, you know, where we stamp our authority." And we lost. You know, it was like that. It was the game that Travis decided to throw three picks to uh, to the linebacker, whatever his name was. What was his name, Steve?
1: Uh, Cameron. Uh, Cameron Smith. Smith?
0: smith i think that's right um so yeah i don't know i guess maybe i've had bad experience with the bye week I, i'm sure this team's different i don't know i don't have an opinion i just you know when the when the schedule came out a couple of weeks ago i saw a lot of people talking about how the bye week before usc was a good thing and i don't disagree with you i'm not saying you're wrong uh i'm saying i'm saying i i don't really know what to think i I'd love to ask coach with that. Actually. I'd love to ask any coach that out there. Do you, if they feel as though a bye week before a big game is a good thing or a bad thing and see kind of what they all have to say, but look, that two week stretch there at USC and then Arizona state. When you go back and look at the recent history of the PAC 12 South, Steve. I mean, they're, they're the two teams it's USC, Arizona state and Utah that dominated the PAC 12 South over the, Last, well, I don't know, what, five, six, seven years now, UCLA, Arizona, um, Colorado have kind of struggled. Colorado had one good year and they found themselves down the bottom the rest of the years. So that that's the two-week stretch right there. October 9th away at USC and then October 16th at home against Arizona State, who weren't great last year but didn't play many games because they had such a bad uh, case of, of COVID nineteen circulating their program. I think they're the two teams, as they have been over the past couple of years, that Utah needs to try and uh take apart and and if they can get through that two week stretch at two and zero, then you know I'd bet my house that, that Utah wins the Pac twelve South.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I it's uh I think for the most part a lot of people kind of look at this Pac 12 South uh, it's going to come down to USC, ASU and Utah. Yeah. And, and and then obviously kind of the wild card uh is uh is UCLA. They return a lot. I think they return even the most um production experience in the Pac 12. Um would have to double check on that, but they're they're one of the top teams in the entire country in terms of what they return. So they've got a lot. It's just Chip Kelly, man, like he hasn't been able to figure it out since he's since he's been back in the since game. He cheated. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah, he hasn't been able yeah. to figure it out since he cheated. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: You know what, though, with credit to UCLA,
0: they they were fun to watch last year. Oh
1: yeah, like, like they, they, they were. were you do you know, remember
0: that game against Washington State two years ago? yeah. Or was that two years ago? Now My that was goodness. two
1: years ago. Yeah, the major comeback.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was
1: fun. Yeah, and then you know they came into Salt Lake City. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we're we're uh, we're chirping a little bit, and uh, I think they lost. What was it, forty nine to three, something yeah. like that? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to passing. <laughs> yeah, in your baby blue. Uh,
0: all right, hey, I want to do this. Um, I'm going to go through the teams uh, in order in which Utah will play them, and I just want you to say win or loss. Pretty simple. Okay. And and if I disagree, I'll pipe up. But if I but if I don't, we move on. Yeah. Uh, Weber State. Win at BYU number 10. There you go. Sorry, you had me thinking that for a second. I'm like, number 10. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so at San Diego,
1: it'll be tough, but I, I think they, uh, I think they, they win that one.
0: Yeah, they should. Three and oh to start the pa the uh the 2021 season. That's, I can't remember the last time Utah lost a non conference game, but I guess that's com- you Do you know that off the top yeah. of your head, Steve?
1: Not off the top of my head.
0: Oh, no stress. Can, it's been can, a while. We can talk about that another time. But, uh, yeah, it has been a while. Um, all right, we'll enter the Pac-12 schedule. So Utah's 3-0 entering conference play. Washington, Washington State at home.
1: Uh They're going through a lot of their own issues, a lot of personnel, a lot of roster turnover. Uh, and so I don't think that they get that sorted out. That's a win. 4-0. Uh,
0: at USC.
1: I really, really want to say that this will be a win. I really, really want – to believe that the bye week is going to benefit utah in this instance however it's still at the coliseum it's still in la where kyle Whittingham and utah have not been able to win and so until they do you know i <laughs> i don't know what it is about utah in la and in the coliseum but they have to they have to prove it so i'm going to say that this is a loss
0: i am 100 percent with you um that's four and one at home against Arizona State. How do they bounce back?
1: This is going to be a, an intense game. Obviously, I think we've seen um, uh, these two programs. There's a lot of uh, dis- dislike between the two programs. Uh, and so, you know, I do think that Utah pulls out the victory here, but it's going to be, man, it's going to be a slobber knocker. I think. Yeah. But, but Utah wins.
0: Slobber knocker. Yeah. I like heavyweight I,
1: bout, man. I, I've never
0: heard. I've heard, never heard of that term. Slob That's some, <laughs> that's some, I like it. Uh, that's five and one. And then, uh, the schedule softens up a little bit though. Oregon state away from home. They're, uh, they're an up and coming team.
1: Yeah. You know, Jonathan Smith deserves a lot of credit. He's, uh, he's done a, about as good a job considering it is Oregon state. Um, but he's, he's brought in a lot of talent through the transfer portal. Um, they return a lot. Uh, again, they are another team that returns a lot of production and experience. However, I just think the talent gap is is uh, is too great, and I think Utah wins this one.
0: That's 6-1, and one, UCLA at home.
1: Man, again, like we just talked about a, a couple minutes ago, uh, this team is going to be a wild card. Uh, they have a lot of talent um, on both sides of the ball. I think Chip Kelly, I don't know. I don't know what to say about Chip Kelly. He's obviously been a big disappointment thus far in his career uh, or this, his tenure at UCLA. Um, And so, you know, Utah won big in 2019. Um, I'm going to say that, you know, they're going to, to win big again this year.
0: So the so so that would be six and one, I think. Let me double check. Three, four, five, six. That's seven games in. Yep. You you've called one loss. So uh six and one. Entering the month of November. Uh at Stanford. Steve, what are you thinking?
1: Man, I uh, Stanford is is a fascinating team because they've been such an enigma over the last two seasons, uh particularly with the quarterback position. They do have a lot um, coming back. They've got a lot of talent coming in as well. Um, but Utah has just had Stanford's number. Um, and, and so I'm just going to rely on that fact, and I'm going to say Utah wins. Uh, at
0: Arizona, new coach, will anything change?
1: No. This Arizona has absolutely no talent. They've been gutted in terms of the the talent that they have. They do, I should, to be fair... They do bring back a good amount of talent that they had last year, uh, but this is a rebuild for Arizona. It's going to take some time, but Utah should win this.
0: And then uh, two home games to round it out. How do you feel about Oregon and Colorado to, to finish the regular season?
1: Uh, <laughs> that Oregon game is going to be uh, going to be intense. It's going to be a fight, uh, but I just think uh, it's uh, it's going to be a tough one for Utah. Really fascinated to see the progress of the offense and particularly the quarterback position. Um, I think that will be key for Utah in particular, uh, but I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to say Oregon wins this one.
0: Yeah. What about Colorado? You're going to give, uh, give the seniors what they deserve and a win in their last bouts as, as members of the Utah football team.
1: Yeah. I, I think Utah wins this one. They come back home. Uh, it was a big win last year on the road in Colorado. Uh, you know, and, and I think, uh, Utah, with what they bring back, with the defense that they have, they they shut this one, they shut this thing down, and and uh, and get the win against Colorado.
0: Yeah. So you've gone ten and two with losses to Oregon and USC, yep. Steve. Uh, so here's what I what I what I normally do um, is oh, uh, and I, I I I tend to agree with just about everything you have to say. I I wouldn't be surprised if they go to ten and two, but Utah history, recent history would suggest they um they lose a game they uh, yeah. shouldn't. Yeah, Uh, I agree. It just, you know, that so then then we go, or at least I'll go probably nine and three. And I'm probably looking at UCLA or at Oregon State as one of those losses that you just go, you know, like both pretty good teams now. Oregon State, pretty good. UCLA, pretty good. Um, But Utah's better. And Utah should probably get the job done. But my best guess is that they won't. So.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and and I agree I it's hard to predict which game Utah could drop but you know the track record says they'll drop one that they shouldn't
0: yeah uh well there's Freddie again so that's uh, Freddie. That's, uh that's my cue Nate way tube our sponsor Steve Bartle and myself will be back next week we love and appreciate you guys thank you so much for tuning in newton.com KSL sports.com do us all a favor enjoy the weekend go Tony Fin now see you Steve See you, Tom.